0: Hangover supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Keaton, Andrew Lagori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from the Good the Bad the Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Lucas Lobo, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, and Ash Event. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. It is myself, Chris Copleen, brought to you by the Nintendo Entertainment System. I wish they have a ton of money and that would be great. We are not actually brought to you by anybody. We are brought to you by (laughs) yourselves. And when I say we, it's because I have the man who has aged gracefully into a fantastic purple vegetable with wings and a spade for a head. It is Shane Dick Dragon Kosky. Thank you for joining me once again, Shane. You are an illustrious host and I am always, always honored to be in your presence.
1: Oh, wow. I I was not expecting all, all of that praise. I mean, I don't know if I can agree with the graceful aging thing, but you know what? I'll take your word for it. I feel like my lower back and other parts of my aching body would say otherwise, but i am shot the outside. I'm sure everything looks just fine, so.
0: Yeah, well, that's how you became an eggplant. That's why your back hurts.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that that curve. That'll That's how it gets you.
0: It does. Just kind of curves up.
1: For her pleasure. Her? What?
0: Oh, today we were talking about <laughs> NES games that hold up today. We are. And uh, thank you, patrons, for nominating this. We're still working on figuring out Who nominated what? We probably should have this. Hopefully, by the next flight, we will we will work on that. But uh, thank you for suggesting it. You know who you are. So this is best NES games that hold up, Shane. And uh, what do you think about this topic?
1: I think that this was probably one of the most difficult ones for me to do. (laughs) Like really, unironically, yeah. uh, Without going too far into it, suffice to say, you know, when when I grew up, I. I, I, I missed the Nintendo, right? Because, like, the, the Super Nintendo slash N64 was my era. Like, that's really where I was old enough to appreciate, you know, console gaming, and I had a really strong attachment to both of those systems. And even as a kid, the NES kind of felt like this weird, obtuse, like, archaic thing that I could never quite figure out. And so... This was really hard for me because a lot of them, like, if we're talking about what holds up today, from my personal perspective, I was just like, fucking nothing. But like, that's not, (laughs) it's not necessarily true. So it just took, it it took a lot of deliberation for me.
0: Uh, I think I kind of went through the same thing because I I told myself one of the games I was not going to put on this list is Super Mario Brothers just Mm. because I think that's cheating and like Tetris isn't going to end up here because it's technically a Game Boy game. So I wanted to avoid that. But in general, I think you're kind of right. And I grew up with the Nintendo. Like I I had a lot of Nintendo games. The more and more I try to go back to the Nintendo, the original one, the more and more I find myself disappointed. I mean, yeah, the, the games can be fun, but I'm just kind of like, uh, when I play this over something else, like we talked about Gremlins earlier, and I really like Gremlins, but it didn't make this list. That's not to say it's bad, but it's not like I'm going to run out and try to pre- play uh, Gremlins too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just one of those situations. The difficulty—it's the difficulty—and I'm trying to—I'm trying to think of how do I put this. I'm trying to think of a game I would actually put in my Nintendo Entertainment System and play, and not have the benefit of sta- save states. Like, what am I just going to have fun with, where I'm not going to get frustrated and just walk away from it if I just try to play it straight?
1: Yeah, that—that's actually almost exactly how I approached my list. Also, was just like, what—what what can I play that I'm not just going to get supremely frustrated with in about fifteen minutes? Right. Which is part of what made this list difficult, because <laughs> the term NES hard exists for a reason, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose that serves as good a segue as any to just jump right into this thing. So, uh, so Chris, why don't you start us off with your number five pick for uh, NES titles that uh, still hold up in 2023? Number five.
0: All right, my number five is a game that I've talked about before on the show. It's probably why I'm just putting it low, just so I can get it out of the way, because it probably should be higher for as much as I love it. But it's Batman. Mm. I love this game.
1: Just I thought you said you weren't picking th- obvious ones. It's,
0: I, that's, it's it, <laughs> Batman's obvious. It's like I, I, I don't so. know. I didn't know it was that obvious. No, I do have some obvious ones on this list. I just like the obvious ones. I'm trying to stay away from is like Mario because everyone says Mario. So right. there you go. Mario is like the, the universal known quantity, okay? But Batman, yeah, I mean, this is like Ninja Gaiden done correctly, in my opinion. This is how the ninja game should play instead of just throwing birds at you constantly. And that's not to say this game is a hell of a lot easier than Ninja Gaiden. I mean, it is, I think, a little easier than Ninja Gaiden, but it's still, it's still difficult. You still have to know how to platform very well and like do some tricky jumps and use your items and weapons correctly with some difficult boss fights that require pattern memorization this is an all-around good game that even when i find myself dying i don't feel like the game is just necessarily being cheap it's just me having to have to learn how to play better now if again all these games on my list if you don't like old school games if you don't like a game forcing you to get better, like resetting you and sending you back to like all the way to the back of a level. And you hate bullshit checkpoints. You're probably not going to like any of the games I have on my list, but I, (laughs) or or the NES
1: in general
0: (laughs) or the NES in general. That's true. But yeah, I, I absolutely love Batman. It's, it's such, it's such a fun game and it's not even one I grew up with, this is one that I, I started playing when I started collecting. It was just out an out of left field game. So I'm just completely surprised I missed out on this one. I think a lot of other people did did too, because I've never heard anyone talk about it. So please go play Batman. If you like the NES at all and you haven't given it a shot, it is just, it's such a fun game.
1: Okay. Well, we're starting off strong. I like that. All right. So uh, my number five is one that, I mean, maybe it's more well-known than I think, because I honestly hadn't heard of it until pretty recently and then realized it's actually kind of awesome and that is gun smoke oh okay and so it, it's it the title is actually stylized as like gun dot smoke um it's, an, it's a for what it's worth but it is basically like a shmup, but you are a cowboy and it's a vertical scrolling game it's an auto scrolling vertical shoot'em up except you're not a spaceship you are a law man and you are gunning down an absolute fuck ton of, of black hat, you know, renegades in this old westy town. Um, and you, you know, you break barrels and stuff along the way to gain power ups. There are uh, like merchants, like the townsfolk, folk who will be there that you can like stop at and buy upgrades and new weapons. Um, you can swap between different weapons by hitting select and you know, like changing from your your baseline gun that has infinite ammo, which is effectively your P shooter even though it's actually pretty effective, to things like a shotgun that just has a huge spread blast, um to like a machine gun which is maybe not historically accurate but it's fine cuz it's fun. But yeah, it's actually just like a really fun shoot 'em up game and I will say for the record and I guess this maybe counts as cheating, uh but the experience of this game is like increased positively like tenfold by just using a turbo fire button.
0: (laughs) I think it's mandatory.
1: Yeah. Cause like you, you can't hold down the button to shoot in this game and most NES games are not like that. So like you have to be constantly mashing that button and, uh, let's your thumb gets tired real quick. So I I mapped an NES advantage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you got that turbo button. That's mm, that's premium right there. But uh, not one that I played when I was a kid or even knew about. But I found it, like I said, pretty recently. And it's 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 a really fun time.
0: I do have to play Gunsmoke. I think I have it. I'm not sure if I do or not. If I don't, I need to get it. I need to get that in Jackal. Jackal's not on my list because I haven't played. it, But I heard that's really good, too. Just throwing that out there. I hope it's not on your list because I didn't want to spoil that. (laughs) Number four. My number four is an obvious one. Sorry. Well, I think the next three out of the next four are super obvious ones, actually. So I lied. Like, most of them are obvious. <laughs> huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, my number four is Kirby's Adventure. Oh, uh, uh, ah. Yeah. This this game is an absolute delight. Uh, it's Kirby. Why? Why would you hate Kirby? It. It's what it's a game that's easier, but it's not insanely easy. This is before... I mean, this is right after a game you could pretty much literally turn your brain off and beat with the Game Boy. And this game adds a little bit more difficulty, but it also adds the ability to siphon the abilities from your enemies by sucking them in and then absorbing them, like the eldritch horror that you are. It's, it's a really fun game. It's really, I think, the game that defines Kirby as a whole, moving forward. This is, this is the essence of the Kirby franchise. It's established here on the NES as a late release. I wish it had come out like a year or two before it probably would not have been a bigger game. It's not like it really hurt Kirby in the long run though. Cause I think it's a extremely successful franchise. Uh, but this is, this is just a game. I think that everyone, again, like all these games, of course, that everyone should look at and play. It's very accessible in today's market. You could pretty much play it on everything. And this is an NES game that I do feel like plays like it's a generation ahead of the NES. And with good reason. It pretty much came out like during the time the SNES came out. and They were existing both at the same time when this game came out. So Nintendo definitely knew what they were doing. Of course, this is a Hal Labs game. As as many of you know, and Hell Laboratory knows how to, they know how to make games. They are very talented. So yeah, go check out Kirby's Adventure if you have not. I think it's better than Dreamland 2 or Dreamland 3. It's probably the best one up until Superstar. I think that's that's pretty much without question. And a lot of people think that Kirby kind of hit a lull after Superstar until Return to Dreamland or even like Forgotten World, the most recent one. So this is really up there on the on the echelon of Kirby games. Kirby's Adventure for the NES. I love it. Well, everything here is for the NES. Duh. But there you go. There's my number four.
1: All right. My number four is, uh, I think, dear to me for a couple of reasons, and that is Blades of Steel. Oh,
0: yes. That's a great game.
1: Yeah. So uh, if anybody knows me at all, you know that I'm, I'm not much of a sports guy. The only thing that I'm really into is hockey um, go Detroit Red Wings for the record and octopus. That's right. And, uh, our, our RIP R- that Joe Lewis arena anyway. Um, so yeah, blades of steel is just a really great ice hockey game. Like it's, it's pretty bare bones, but that's a good thing. Like it's just playing some hockey and, uh, it also, it, it's got a lot of cool little flourishes to it as well. um, you one of the one of the things that I always thought was really neat about this, especially at the time, is if you instigate a fight between two of the characters, it basically goes into like this almost almost like a fighting game mode screen where it's like the two of you just facing off against one another. And then it turns into this little fighting mini game, essentially, which is super cool Um, during intermissions in the game. Sometimes on the Jumbotron, you'll get to. Uh, play like a little playable mini game that is essentially an advertisement for other Konami games um, like Contra and and Gradius. Uh, but also just a, a neat little touch. This does not represent any of the NHL teams. They did not get licensing for any of that. So instead, the teams are just based off of Canadian and American cities. Um, But one of the things that is actually pretty unusual for NES games at the time is this game also features distinct voice samples. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, they sound like shit. But, I mean, technologically, that was pretty impressive for the time. Um, The title screen says Blades of Steel. Um, There's a voice sample that says Face Off before each Face Off in the game. um, And a lot of other things as well. So, um, a cool little thing. And just overall, a really, really solid... um, hockey video game so yeah that's my number four
0: i miss those old voice samples especially with konami games because you have double dribble i think which was konami game and of course who can forget skater die
1: oh yes uh
0: skater die too is the one that actually had the voice sample in the intro but i think skater die had voice samples i can't maybe it did more people yelling at us great <laughs> number three My number three, this one is not a not-so-obvious one. There you go, Shane. This is the one that's not obvious. Oh, okay. obvious Because the next two are obvious as hell. So, sorry. But uh, Journey to Silius. Oh, yeah. Another Sunsoft game. Second one. It's essentially, if you take Mega Man, the mechanics of Mega Man, not the level design, because it's linear, and you set it in the uh, storyline of Terminator, that's Journey to Silius. In fact, it's heavily rumored and assumed that that this game started out its development life as an official Terminator game. And somewhere along the line, Sunsoft lost the license and they had to change some plot details because, yeah, it's in the future. It's a post-apocalyptic future and you're fighting robots and one of the bosses is a, well, it's it's a no-shit Terminator. So, yeah, this is, it. if it was never supposed to be a Terminator game, game, then plagiarism is the highest form of flattery, and that is what's happening in Journey to Silius. But other than that, it's a fantastic game. In fact, even with that, it's a fantastic game, because who doesn't love Terminator? The music is great. The controls are tight. You have selectable weapons. Uh, challenging, very challenging, especially like after the third level or so. It requires precise platforming, but overall, just the music itself, the soundtrack is just so it, it, it fucking slams and it, it it kept me playing the game. It really gets me in the mood to continue to play Journey Silius. This is another game I still haven't beaten, but it's every single time I play it on, I just get a little bit of joy in my heart as I kill ro- robots that are totally not inspired by James Cameron, and it is James Cameron who did The Terminator. Whatever. I'm, I'm Now I'm really going to get killed if I'm wrong on that one. But... uh <laughs> Yeah, Journey to Cilius, very it's not often talked about. It's it's very under the radar, I think, or more under the radar than it should be. Yes, your retro geeks are gonna know about it. Yes, you'll you're gonna find, you know, uh, YouTube videos by big YouTubers about it. Not nearly as much as you think you would. It's not totally under the radar, but I think that as we've moved away from that NES nostalgia that was big about 10 years ago, Journey to Cilius, which was a quote hidden gem unquote, uh, has kind of gone back into obscurity again. So I, I implore you to go and look at Journey to Silius and pretty much all of the Sunsoft library that's not called Fester's Quest, and you're probably <laughs> going to have a fantastic time.
1: And if it makes you feel any better, you were right, it is it is James Cameron. That was uh, okay was before Oof. he just went all in on oh. Titanic and Avatar. So
0: yeah. yeah, well, I mean, he still made tons of money. He's far richer than I can even
1: imagine to be. I mean, yes, there there is that. All right, well, my number three features uh, a certain individual who who flaps in the night. He is the stranger that sits next to you on the bus. He Dark is Phil? Darkwing Duck. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay, I think we, we probably brought this up. It's been a hot minute, um, but I'm pretty sure we mentioned this when we did our episode on uh, Capcom Disney games. And if if we didn't, I don't know why the hell we didn't, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we did. But this game, this game is really good. And I, I picked this one over some other ones partially because I didn't want to pick the obvious ones like DuckTales because DuckTales is fantastic, but also because I, I was, I'm not like a huge fan or anything, but I watched a lot of Darkwing Duck actually when I was a kid. So, um, so I, I have a personal connection to this as well. And besides that, like the gameplay, especially for an NES game, um it's just it's really good. It's very similar actually. And even at the time, um reviewers drew a lot of comparisons to the Mega Man series. And so it's it's very similar to that. But I would argue that it's a bit more forgiving, which for me is is nice because, I tend to I guess suck at Mega Man games which is part of the reason why I guess I don't like them as much as Chris does. Um but yeah, Darkwing Duck's really great. Uh it's got some pretty neat mechanics as far as like level traversal. I mean, it's your standard 2D platformer, but you know, you have the ability to grab onto um like hooks and like certain ceilings to like, uh, you know, climb up vertically on levels. And that also introduces some pretty interesting jumping challenges as far as like jumping from one, like hanging section to the next. Um, and Darkwing you know, is, is, um, equipped with his standard gas gun and you can collect different kinds of ammunition as you go through the levels and you can hot swap between those, uh, with the select button. You have infinite ammo with your base gun, but then you have a limited number of shots with the better ones. I think you get like thunder and an arrow and something else. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just a solid platformer. So, and also it's dark So if you like that sort of series, then, you know, you'll, you'll appreciate that as well. Bonus is that there was also actually a pretty decent game boy version of the game that came out as well. So if you just can't get enough Darkwing, then, I mean, you can. You can go mobile as well. But uh, yeah, Darkwing Duck. That's that's my number three.
0: Well, if you don't like Mega Man as much as I do, at least I can accept you like a Mega Man clone. Yeah, there you go. I will take it. We'll
1: we'll we'll meet somewhere in the middle there. I love it. (laughs) Number two.
0: All right. My number two is a game I think everyone loves. Everyone loves this game. If you don't love it, you know it. And the only reason you don't love it is because you haven't played it. And that is Punch Out. Mm. That game is glorious. Who doesn't who doesn't love beating the shit out of, of Glass Joe? It's fantastic. One of the he only is, ones he, I
1: can actually fight.
0: I think that he is. What's the kind that likes pain? A masochist? Yes. Or is he a, is that a sadist? I don't know. Yeah, I don't have ma- my S list. He's a masochist. Okay. So obviously you know, you know which one of us is into SM because I don't know the true definition here. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Glass Joe is a masochist because, man, I think he's been beaten up by by more people on this planet than probably anybody and still lives to tell the tale. My son beat the shit out of Glass Joe when he was like six. So that's amazing. And the simple fact that you can make it through this game pretty well for about half of it before you really have to start seriously applying yourself. I mean, it's going to vary from person to person, of course. Uh, it's just it's it's kind of relaxing. And. Guess what? This isn't a fighting game. This is a rhythm game. This is a game that people can beat blindfolded. It's uh it's it's quite a marvel. And when you put that in perspective, like it's not a fighting game at all and you just you can beat everything by the by a certain rhythm and the the, the tells that exist, the graphics are gorgeous, the sound is the the sound is great. I want to say it's it's I mean it's iconic. I'll say that. Uh like like a hat from Ubisoft, (laughs) but it, 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 everything about it. It's the total package and don't play the one with Mr. Dream. You got to go and get, got to get your ear bitten off. Okay. You got to talk like a lithp and play with pigeons. And so go play the one with Mike Tyson. You have to do it. Mike Tyson's punch out. So not just punch out with Mr. Dream. No, Mike Tyson's punch out. That's the one that holds up. Do not betray yourself. Go get a tattoo on your face, put an (laughs) NES controller in your hand and get to
1: work. All right. Well, my, I, I, I feel like my number two is almost as far away from your pick as might be possible. Um, so while, while yours is, uh, you know, men engaging in the good old fisticuffs, uh, in, in in the ring,
0: rubbing up against each other.
1: Yeah. Mine is, uh, about slapping it. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) you talking about all i hear is you just saying random shit in the background (laughs) god damn it uh (laughs) i'm leaving this in all right so uh yeah mine is little nemo the dream master
0: that is pretty that's pretty far yeah is that that another capcom game is that capcom game number
1: three for you It, it is it is another capcom game actually wow yeah Uh, so Little Nemo, I I actually didn't know this at the time, but in looking into it, I realized that this is this character uh, goes way back, like way back. So the game itself is based on a Japanese animated film, Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, which itself was based on a comic strip that started in 1905 called Little Nemo in Slumberland by Windsor McKay. So this this goes way farther back than I thought it did.
0: There's something you don't hear every day. I learned something new.
1: I know, right? Um, But the game itself is sort of a standard platformer, but it's got some really neat mechanics that I really enjoyed. And part of my personal connection with this is I didn't actually own it, but a friend of mine that I had when I was younger did. And we ended up playing this game quite a bit whenever I would go hang out at his house. And so I have a lot of good memories associated with this particular game. Um, but besides my personal connection to it, it is still just a pretty solid platformer. I think it's got a really charming aesthetic to it and the neat little like mechanics twist that it's got going on is besides just being a 2d side-scrolling platformer, uh, you playing as the titular Nemo are basically traversing your own dreams. And so they are appropriately pretty trippy, Uh, But also all of the little creatures, the animals that you come across in the game, you can feed them candy um, by just tossing it at them. And if you feed them enough, then they sort of go to sleep. And you'll you'll see that by the very sort of Japanese like little like nose bubble coming in and out to indicate that they're asleep. And once that happens, you can actually um, ride on them and use their special abilities to complete the stages and that's, that's required. So different animals have different abilities. And so it's a bit of a puzzle platformer in that way. Um, so it's just a really neat mechanic and also an interesting thing. And I actually, I'd have to look into this because I don't know if this was purposeful, um, or not. And I'm sure some Neil Gaiman like fanatic could probably correct me on this one, but the whole purpose of this game is you're traveling to the nightmare land to rescue Morpheus, the King of Slumberland, from the clutches Ah. of the evil nightmare King. And if that sounds familiar, (laughs) that's because Morpheus is, uh, you know, the Sandman. So, yeah, I was
0: going to give you a red pill or a blue pill.
1: No, not, not that Morpheus. Oh yeah. Um, so I'd be curious to know if, if, uh, good old Neil took some inspiration from a, uh, a very old comic strip. I'd actually not be surprised if that was the case. Um, but at any rate, yeah, little Nemo is just a great little platformer and you know, it's, it's still got its pretty decent level of difficulty given that it is in fact a Nintendo title, but, uh, because it is a, a Capcom game and because it is somewhat geared more towards kids, I think it, it is a little bit more forgiving in that department. So that's also part of the reason that it made it on my list, because I don't ever recall this game making me want to throw my controller. And a lot of Nintendo games tend to do that. So number one.
0: Since we're with Capcom and I'm moving to my number one, I apologize to everybody right now for starting off by saying I'm not going to pick obvious picks and then picking a lot of obvious picks because this has to be the most obvious pick. And Shane already kind of alluded to this earlier. So um, why am I apologizing? This is my list. Yeah. Get fucked. Uh, it's <laughs> Mega Man 2.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say DuckTales.
0: No. <laughs> I mean, that's a good game. I haven't played it for the NES, Go. I've played it for the Game Boy. But Mega Man 2 is is the best Mega Man game, not called Mega Man X, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, if, if you don't like it, I don't know why it's well, I'm sorry, Shane, because you said you didn't like
1: it. But um, eh, listen, I, I I, maybe I haven't given them a fair shot. How about let's leave it at that. OK, I,
0: I, I understand Mega Man is a series that's not necessarily for everybody because people don't like some of its gotcha game design, mm-hmm. which is you learn through death as opposed to like learning intuitively. And I think that is a valid criticism, but I don't care because I think it's fun. I don't, I don't, that doesn't bother me unless I'm playing dark souls, which I haven't played yet. And I, now I'm going to have, have to eat those words. Shane's is going to hold that over me when we get to it. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing it right now, but I'm not going to talk about dark souls. That's later. Mega man two has, has probably the best difficulty balance out of any, and this is what makes it the best mega man. I think. Other than Mega Man X. So when I say best Mega Man, just already put Mega Man X up there because that's the best actual best Mega Man has the best difficulty balance. It's not that hard. There's there are ways to cheese the game that doesn't really make you feel like is cheesing it, like using the metal blade, uh, which is extremely cheap. But the fact that you had to figure that out back in the day and and know that that was the case, and it's not that hard because you can fling it every direction. What what kid doesn't like flinging like metal blades above you and diagonally and stuff when your pea shooter only shoots one direction. I like a lot of these games on this list. Great music. The graphics are absolutely solid. The control is spot on. The difficulty is perfect. Uh, it has just the, the design itself is what made Mega Man a franchise after what many people, claim is a performance they didn't like with the original Mega Man, which I still think is a fine game. There is no denying that Mega Man 2 improves on all of the mechanics and all of the ideas that Mega Man 1 brought into the forefront. Being able to steal various robot abilities, having a Wily's Castle after you defeat all the Robot Masters, introducing E-Tanks, which is amazing, because you get down to low health and you can heal yourself. It's like an extra life without having to die. I... I think Mega Man 2 is probably... I'm not gonna... It'd be bold of me to say the best NES game or even my favorite NES game because there's there's plenty of NES games out there for me to still play. But this is the one that I find the most accessible and, and truly does. Out of every game on the NES, it brings me the most amount of joy possible. It just makes me happy. It brings back those feelings from the good old days. I think it still holds up in every single aspect today. And I... I I'm confident in saying that because I I think people who play it today for the first time still get that still get that feeling of being able to have tight controls and and great precision that really was synonymous with the best of the best NES games that that hasn't changed. Oh, yeah. And you can move in various directions when you jump, unlike Castlevania games. And I do love the Castlevania games for what it's worth, but uh, much easier to control. So, yeah, Mega Man 2. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah.
1: All right. Well, I guess that just leaves my number one pick then, which uh, honestly is probably not all that surprising if you know me at all. And that is Gauntlet 2. So uh, I, I am... The, the big Diablo fan here and a certain somebody has on multiple occasions tried to be reductive about describing Diablo as a gauntlet clone just to annoy me. And so, <laughs> uh, so obviously I would pick a gauntlet game. The reason, and you might be asking, but Shane, why didn't you just pick the original gauntlet? And I would tell you that's because Gauntlet 2 is basically just a better version of Gauntlet 1. Um, they took the first one And it was a pretty rapid iteration, actually, like right after the first one came out, they started working on the second one. And it's very similar to the original, but they expanded on a lot of things. You still have the four character classes that everybody knows and loves, Warrior, Valkyrie, Wizard, and Elf. Um, Some of the biggest differences, though, between one and two is that uh, in two, multiple players can choose to play as the same character if you want. And this is also the one where the now iconic voice samples of, you know, like yellow elf, like shot the food or, you know, red wizard needs food badly, those sorts of things. That's where this showed up because now you could identify them, you know, specifically by their colors like that. And they also added a bunch of new level designs. Um, There was a lot of new mechanics that got added like, uh, you know, shot ricochets that you can pick up, um, acid puddles. There's also a big ass dragon that takes up like multiple tiles that you have to fight at one point. Um, there's also level elements that got added in this version, um, like walls being invisible or magic walls that change into monsters or items when you hit them. And just a whole bunch of other really cool stuff that basically makes it like, you know, gauntlet, the definitive edition, if you will. And so the interesting thing about this too, just the history of it, just as a sort of a fun fact, but like right after the release of Gauntlet 1, Atari actually held a contest where they would have players submit their own like level designs and game ideas and suggestions for a potential sequel. And so uh, eventually they announced the winners of this contest in April of 1986 in a Atari games newsletter back when that was still a thing. And the developers actually implemented some of those fan submissions into Gauntlet 2, which is pretty cool. And they also held a second contest after that where they tasked players with finding like some of the secret rooms that were in the game. And if you fulfilled like this certain step of steps of like things that you had to do, You were given a code, which you then submitted to Atari. And this is wild. The grand prize was a U.S. government savings bond valued at $5,000. Um, yeah, not anything I ever would have thought of. I'm curious as to like what that would actually be worth if someone had hung on to that from 1986. But, um, at any rate, if you were also in the top 499 other people, you got a t-shirt. So there you go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this this game, man, like as far as especially NES games, like it's still pretty challenging for sure, but it's very accessible and it's got what I really love about some of these games. Like it's why I like Vampire Survivors. It's why I like Diablo and a lot of ARPGs is because it's just something you can just kind of sit down and just zen out to, you know, you just sit down and you just mow through enemies you can get items and treasure and it's just fun and sometimes you don't need a complex storyline or you know moral gray nuanced you know characters you just want to kill stuff and get loot and this game does that and it's just fun so that's that's why it's gonna take my number one spot
0: Shane needs food
1: I do always well actually I I probably need less but that's (laughs) that's another topic entirely (laughs)
0: shane needs
1: coin uh well that yeah that we always need
0: that okay i guess that concludes our nes games that we think hold up today of course there's probably some recency bias if you ask us again what this list might be in like six months to a year it's probably going to be different yeah who knows or you could just ask for five more games we think hold up who knows but that's up to our patrons so if you want to vote or nominate a topic to be voted on you should join our Patreon and also join our Discord. And where can we find all of that stuff, Shane?
1: Ah, well, I'm glad you asked because it's a, it's a very simple answer, actually. And we did that on purpose just for you. So all you got to do is head over to linktree slash retrohangover. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retrohangover. And you can find all the goodies, whether that's the, the Patreon or the merch store or the YouTube channel or our Twitch streams or... Or I don't know, anything. Social media, we're over there too until they explode. I don't know when that'll be. Maybe never, who knows. Um, but we, we got all the stuff.
0: Except OnlyFans. We're still working on that.
1: Yeah, that yeah, that's forthcoming. I'm
0: trying to figure out how to get wax in my butthole. <laughs> <You> know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's more painful. difficult than it's, you'd think. It's more terrifying than than prac- than you know a practical matter. I'm pretty sure mm. I can get it done if I want to, but I'm afraid of pain oh but speaking of pain go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover and watch us play games sunday nights 9 p.m eastern time i think i forgot to say that in the last one but head on over there
1: i don't, I don't remember listen i Me mean either. if you're new here you might have missed out on it before but uh, if you're if you're a long-time listener you you, you know the deal you, you know where yes, to you go do. but hi new people we yeah, love you too that's right we do very much so <laughs> uh well i suppose on that definitely not awkward note we should probably go ahead and wrap this thing up so uh Until next time, play with your NES hard joysticks.